14th chapter and the 15th verse. John, the 14th chapter and the 15th verse. You can also thumb your way over there to Exodus 20, if you would, to Exodus 20. John 14 and 15 and then Exodus 20. I trust that we'll speak as God would have us speak today. I trust that we'll flow with the Spirit of God. That my mouth will be anointed to say just what it is the Spirit of God once said. That your ears will be anointed to hear just what it is He's saying to you today. Amen. Praise God. How many of you are in agreement with that? That will speak as the oracles of God. Amen. Not as the dictates of man, but as the oracles of God. Praise God forevermore. In John 14 and 15, Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. How can we tell if we love Jesus? Is it just by telling him we love him? That You know, words are cheap, aren't they? If you need a Bible and you don't have one, raise your hand real high and our ushers will get you a Bible. The uh, scriptures are on the screens, but if you don't have a Bible, we'd like you to... How many of you know you ought to bring your Bibles to church? Amen? How many of you know you should? Uh, how many of you know you ought to? How many of you know you should? And if you don't have one, we'll buy one for you. If you don't want us to buy one for you, we'll loan you one. Amen? Now, they're on the screen. Scriptures are on the screen. That's convenient. But you know, it's important to bring a Bible with you. Amen? Don't come to this church unless you bring a Bible with you. Say, say the Bible. Yeah, bring your Bibles. Bring your, did you know men died to get this book in your hands? Did you know they did? You know that men bled and died to get this book in your hands? You know there's some places in this world, they'd like to just have one page of this book. Did you know that? I said, did you know that? And how many of us, we have five or six of them laying around the house. We don't even bring one to church. My God, don't come to this church unless you bring your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, I'll buy you a Bible, all right? Did you hear me? And if you forget one day, guess what? We'll have them here and we'll loan you one. Amen? Say the Bible. Say the B-I-B-L-E. It's still the book for me. Praise God. Bring your Bibles. Turn in your Bibles. Praise God. Respect God enough to turn in the Bible. Amen? Praise God. Boy, there's a powerful anointing here today. Are you sure you want to, you got your seat belts on? You better hook them. Amen? Praise God. Holy Ghost has a hold of me. Amen? Praise God. Say the Bible. And bring your Bibles. If you, I'll say it again. Don't come here without a Bible. Amen? Bring your Bibles. If you forget, uh, we've got one here. We'll loan you that day. We won't put you down if you forget. Amen? If you can't afford one, we'll buy you one. Amen? I'll, and I won't buy you a piece of junk one. I'll buy you a good one. Amen? But, but have a Bible. Bring your Bibles. Turn in your Bibles. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Respect God enough. Amen. Turn in your Bibles. If you love me. Well, anybody can say they love Jesus. How do you know if you love him? If you what? You keep his commandments. And so we're talking about the Ten Commandments, as you know. Last Sunday, we did the first two. Now today, we're going to do the next two. And then next Sunday, we'll move on. Uh, remember, his commandments are not burdensome or grievous. They're not there to put us in bondage, but actually they are there to keep us free. Because as we keep the commandments, we walk free from sin. Is that right? You know the wages of sin is death, so if we'll keep the commandments, we'll walk in life. 
How do we walk in life? How do we walk in light? By keeping His commandments. How do we know if we love Him if we keep His commandments? Amen? That's how, that, that, that's how we know that we love God. That's how we know that we love Jesus if we keep His commandments. Now remember, all the commandments are summarized in one word. What is that one word? Love. And remember, the first four commandments have to do with our love for God. The last six commandments have to do with our love for others. The first four has to do with our love for God. The last six has to do with our love for others. Now, last week, the first commandment, you shall have no other what? No other gods before me. And then the second one will have no idols in our lives. Is that right? Really those first two commandments, they're, they're, they're almost one in the same. They're two commandments, but they're one in the same. You'll have no other gods before me and you'll have no idols in your life. And really that's what an idol is. It's another God, something you put before the Lord. So the first commandment, no other gods before me. The second one, no idols. Now let's get to the next two. And in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, Exodus 20, verse 7, Exodus 20, verse 7, the third commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now that's pretty serious talk, isn't it? That if you take his name in vain, he's not going to hold you guiltless. It's going to upset the Lord. It's going to bother him if we take his name in vain. How many of you know the name of the Lord is most holy? The scribes, those were those, those who would, who would translate and write, you know, in the Old Testament and, and write the, 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 the books, you know, and whatnot. They, they didn't have copy machines back in those days. So the scribes would write, you know. And, and, and I understand as I've studied that the scribes, whenever they'd come to the name of God, they would stop what they were doing. And they would go wash, take a bath, put on a change of clothes before they would write the holy name of God. Now, if that's the case with writing it, how much more should be the case with speaking it? We should never take the name of the Lord in vain. Well, what does it mean to take his name in vain? There's several things that I could say. The first thing that I think comes to most people's minds would be in the context of cursing and profanity. And uh, and his name should not be used in the context of cursing and profanity. I said his name should not be used in the context of cursing and prof- profanity. G-D. How many knows what that stands for? It grieves me to even say that, but that's, I have to, you know when I say G-D, what I'm referring to. I do not believe that a Christian can say that and, and God forbid that it should even slip out. 
that it would absolutely leave you so grieved in your spirit that you wouldn't even be able to sleep until you got on your knees and repented. That's something that I, frankly, I just, I can't say it. I couldn't, I can't, I couldn't even say that. GD, I, I, it, it bothers me to, to even go that far. I can't say that. You know why I can't say it? Because I'm a Christian. I don't believe Christians can, 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 can even get that out of their mouths. Somebody says, well, I've never said that. I do not believe a Christian can watch a movie with GD in it without being terribly grieved. I mean that you're watching a movie and something like that comes out. I mean the click button off needs to be the first move. If you're in the theater... You get up and you get out of that place if that comes out. And you go get down on your knees and you ask God to forgive you. You see, we live in a day and in an hour when many Christians, of course, would never say GD. But they would go to the movies and pay actors to say it for them. Along with other curse words. Let me tell you something, dear friends. Christians don't go to movies and sit through movies that have cuss words in them. If you can go to a movie or if you can have something on in your home and they use GD in it. And it don't bother you. You need to see if you're really saved. Because I question whether you're really saved. I said I question whether you're really saved. If you can, if you can sit there in your home or at a movie theater and they can say GD and it don't bother you at all, it doesn't, it doesn't bother you at all, you can just sit through there and it doesn't phase you at all. Dear friends, God has me standing here as a man of God telling you, you need to check up and see if you're even saved because if you can do that and it don't bother you, I'm here to tell you today as a man under the anointing of God, you're not even saved. It's a time that we get holy and walk right before God. There's no place for a GD. In, in, I, I'm not taking it back. There's no place for it. There's no place for it. There's no place for it. And again, many Christians in this land, they'd never say that, but they'll go to a movie theater and they'll pay eight or ten bucks to pay somebody else to say it for them. I'm telling you, if you can do that, you're not saved. I'm telling you, you're not saved. You need to get 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 saved. Did you hear me? We got Christians, so-called Christians, I don't believe they are. They sit there and they can listen to the F word come out and it don't even phase them. My God, they need to get saved. 
I said they need to get saved. I said they need to get saved. I said they need to get saved. Maybe you need to get saved. I tell you what, I'm not sitting there listening to that trash. I can't do it. It bothers me. It bugs me. I gotta turn it off. I gotta get it out. I gotta get rid of it. I gotta stay away from it. Can you say amen? Now this next part, I, I, I don't even want to say it, but the Holy Ghost has a hold of me and He wants me to say it. And He's running this place. I want to tell you that I don't run this place. I want to tell you my wife doesn't run this place. I want to tell you a board of elders, a board of deacons doesn't run this. I'm telling you the Holy Ghost runs this place. And I'm telling you, and this is what He wants me to say. I'm going to just say it. i said it before. I've had people get mad walk away from me. But you know what? We're still up and running. Doing fine. But my wife, I believe at the direction of the Spirit of God, some months back, years, couple years back, went and checked out some of the websites of some of the prominent ministries in St. Louis. And she began to look at the pastors and the assistant pastors and some of the church leaders and the worship leaders and, and some of the things that they, their favorite movies and their, and their, and, and some of the things that they, some of the, 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 the things they were watching and some of the things that they were going to as entertainment. And then you do a little study on some of those things and those things are full of GDs and F words and this sexual promiscuity and this, that and the other. And I'm here today to tell you that those people, those pastors, those people, they need to get saved. I said 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 they need to get saved. Saved people don't watch things with GD in it. Saved people don't read things with GD in it. Saved people don't use the F word. Saved people don't use GD. Saved people don't cuss. Can you say amen? I had a man shortly after that that had been with me for years and years and years. He came in and he sat down in my office and he said, you've become judgmental of other ministries and ministers and, and, and I'm just not going to come here anymore. I'm leaving. And as he left, I waved goodbye and I thought to myself, praise God, I'm in good company. I'm in company with Isaiah. I'm in company with Ezekiel. I'm in company with Jeremiah. I'm in company with John the Baptist. I'm in company with the Apostle Paul. And I I'm in company with the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen? We live in a land today that, that if I got up in most pulpits in this land and, and, and acted the way I have in the last five or eight minutes, probably most of the people would have got up and walked out and I'd have been thrown out by the leadership. But I tell you what, I'm not in their church. I'm in this church and I'm telling you the truth of the matter. I didn't intend to be this bold, but the Holy Ghost got a hold of me. And we're only on commandment three. Wait till I get to some of the other ones. I have a responsibility as a pastor to tell this congregation, which God's made me responsible for, the truth of the matter. 
Because a lot of times you can go to television or you can go to this, go to that and look at it and, 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 and you can become confused. So I'm here today as a man of God trying to make things clear for you. Christians shouldn't be cussing. Thank you for your two. Do I only have two saved people in here? Pastor, I didn't come today to hear you rant and rave. I came today to hear a little encouraging, upbeat message. Well, I tell you what, I'm not here today to give you a little encouraging, upbeat message. I'm not here today to tell you jokes. I told you jokes last week. I'm here today to deliver the word of the Lord to you. How many of you want to hear the word of the Lord? How else can we take his name in vain? In the context of emptiness. Emptiness. The most basic meaning of the word vain is empty. Or emptiness without force or effect. I believe we need to be watchful when we say, oh my God. How many has ever said, oh my God. I, 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 for what purpose did we say that? I've done that one myself. It, in the Spirit of God, every time I do that, there's just something on the inside of me. I, I need to be watchful about that. Oh my God, I need to be watchful about that because to what end did I say that? Now I've never done this next one, but I've watched Christians do something will happen and say, Jesus Christ. How many has ever done that or said that? I, I, but, but yet, I, I just even when I said it there, to what purpose did I say it? To what end did I say it? I've even heard ministers on television, as I was studying for this message today, I've heard this, God's name is not to be used in silly banter. His name is not to be used in silly banter. I've heard them on television, preachers, one very famous preacher, Jesus, 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 Jesus. That's taking the name of the Lord in vain. And Christians sit there, when he goes, Jesus, 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 and they laugh, and they laugh, and they laugh. There's nothing funny about taking the name of the Lord in vain. I tell you what, Christians in this hour are coming to churches to be entertained, and they ought to be coming to churches in this hour to worship Almighty God, and to hear the word of the Lord, and to give God honor, and to give God praise, and to find out in what ways their life may not be right, and have somebody that'll stand behind the pulpit that's got the spiritual guts enough to tell them what they need to hear. Can you say amen? I believe if we misuse the name of God, if we misuse the name of Jesus Christ, we use His name in emptiness, we use His name in silly banter, that when the time comes that the sickness or the disease is knocking on the door and we need to rebuke that sickness, we need to rebuke that disease, we need to rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. I believe that if we've used that name in empty, idle, silly banter, that when we come and we need to use the name of Jesus in a full way for full force and effect, I believe if we've used it in an empty way, that when we need to use that name for full force and effect, I I believe we're going to come up empty and come up short. I don't know about you, but when I say to a sickness, when I say to a a disease, leave in the name of Jesus, I want that thing hightailing it. How about you? But it's not going to hightail it if every time we, you know, stub our toe, we go, oh, Jesus Christ. 
Huh? Come on, guys. This is a holy name. This is a, this is a, this is a name to be reverenced. This is a name above every name that's named. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then, of course, his name, talking about taking his name in vain, sometimes it's done in the context of false affirmations. I swear to God. I swear to God. I swear to God. We should not be using his name that way. And I could stand here for an hour and teach you on that from Matthew, the fifth chapter. I'm not even going to take the time on that. Let's move to the next one. His name should not be used in vain in the context of lying or we could say false prophecy. Now, this one here is not as prevalent today as these other ones that I've mentioned, but this one here is something you need to be aware of. And as I was growing up in the, in the, in the charismatic church, it was something that was done quite often that you would have somebody catch you, you know, as you were walking to the restroom or, or back in the back of the auditorium, they'd come up to you and they'd say, you know what? I, I've got a word from God for you. Thus saith the Lord. And then they'd prophesy to you or say something to you. And it was no more God. Then, then I'm an airline pilot. Did you hear me? And when they do that, and when they say God told me, or when they say thus says the Lord, and it's really not the Lord thus saying, it's taking his name in vain. Did you know it's taking his name in vain? It's a dangerous thing to say thus saith the Lord, if the Lord's not thus saying. Notice if you would, as you hold your place in Exodus 20, Jeremiah 23 verse 16. Let's go there. Jeremiah 23 verse 16. Jeremiah 23, verse 16. Notice this is what happened in the day of Jeremiah. How many of you know that the day in which we live in, when the preacher tells the people just what they want to hear, how many of you know that's nothing new? How many of you know there's nothing new under the sun? How many of you know that that, that went on in days gone by? The only thing that's new is the way things are packaged. I said the only thing that's new is the way things are packaged. How many of you have ever gone into Walmart and you found the thing you were looking for after you looked for it a while because you couldn't find it because it was packaged a little bit differently than it, it was last month or last year. But when you actually got the thing you were looking for, the ingredients on the inside was the same. It just it was packaged differently. Why is that? Because the people that make products know that if they package things the same way all the time, that people will stop buying them because people need something that's new and what, what, what not. And so things are packaged differently, but the product on the inside remains the same. Well, let me tell you what, the devil's not stupid. How many of you know he's not? And he, pa- he packages the same poison. It's the same poison that's gone on for years and years and years and thousands of years. It's just that it's packaged different in this hour in which we live. But it's still the same poison. Back in the days of Jeremiah, Jeremiah was a man of God. He was sent by God. He'd stand up. And, and, and you see, you've got to realize that, that men of God are used differently by God. Isaiah, he, he, would, he would write with a pen of fire. He would write with a pen of fire. Jeremiah would stand before the people and he'd cry and he'd weep but God whenever whenever God sends a man on the scene whenever God raises somebody up at his hand let me tell you what ladies and gentlemen all the people don't like him 
You study your Bible and when God raises up a man of God, the masses don't really care for him that much. And the religious people really don't like him. You ever study John the Baptist? He had a big crowd out there one day. And you know what? He didn't give them three points in a poem. What did he do? He got up and started calling them snakes. Is that right? So Jeremiah dealt with some of these same things. And Jeremiah would speak at the, at the word of the Lord and thus saith the Lord. They didn't like what he was saying, but there were other false prophets in his day who would use the name of the Lord in vain. They would say, thus saith the Lord, but it wasn't the Lord thus saying. Look at Jeremiah 23 and verse 16. Look at this. Thus says the Lord of hosts. Do not listen to the words of the prophets, the false prophets, who prophesy to you. They make you worthless. Let me tell you something. This preaching that I've done here so far today, you may not like it a whole lot. But if you'll listen to it, it'll make you worthwhile. If you listen to some of this mamby-pamby stuff that's going on in the land right now, and you listen to that and you buy into that, it'll make you feel real good for a while, but in the end it'll make you worthless. They make you worthless, Jeremiah said. They speak a vision of their own heart, not from the mouth of the Lord. They continually say to those who who despise me. Notice what these false prophets are saying to people who despise the Lord. Listen to this. The Lord has said, you shall have peace. And to everyone who walks according to the dictates of his own heart, they say, no evil shall come to you. How many of you know when they say, thus says the Lord, and then then they speak falsities, how many of you know they've just taken his name in vain? Those who despise me, they say, peace. And no evil shall come to you. I, I, I don't want to say this next thing, but the Spirit of God wants me to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to obey Him. But the man who now pastors the largest church in the nation, I heard him just the other day say that God's, God welcomes homosexuals into heaven. He's got 16,000 plus people coming to his church. They call him the pastor of the nation. They call him now the pastor of the world. And I heard him with these two ears right here say that God welcomes homosexuals into heaven. I'm here today to tell you by the Holy Ghost, that's not a man of God. And I don't want this cut off. I want this to go out to who will ever listen to it on CD. That's not a man of God. And people that buddy up with that. I said people that come on television and, 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 and stand next to that man. People that have billboards in this city. That, 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 that have billboards in this city with their picture next to that man. They're either bizarrely deceived. Or they're not of God themselves. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying.
Pastor, you may never grow your church doing, doing this. You know what? I, I don't care about that. I want to be sure that I'm, I'm doing what the Holy Ghost wants me to do. I'm telling you that, how many of you know God loves homosexuals? How many of you know God loves sinners? How many of you know He does? How many of you know, I'd, I'd love for homosexuals to come to this church and be welcome definitely, but I don't want them to feel comfortable until they get saved. Is that alright? Does that sound good? They should not be bashed. They should not be made fun of. They should not be talked down to. We should love them and respect them and all of that. But I tell you what, and I've said it for years, this came out of my heart years ago by the Spirit of God. Yes, I want sinners to come. I want homosexuals to come to this church. And I want them to feel welcomed. But my God, I don't want them to feel comfortable until they repent of that sin and get right with God. Because I'm here today to tell you that the Bible says, and I'll say more about it when we talk about the, thou shalt not commit adultery and we look at the sexual sins and, and, and we'll look at all that in a, in a future message. But I'm here today to tell you that God does not accept homosexuals into heaven. You need to understand that. And it is not an alternative lifestyle. It is sin. Now that... In fairness, I heard that pastor go on to say, as he was pinned down and questioned, he said, well, I have to say in good faith that the Bible does say homosexuality is sin, but the connotation is we want everybody to just feel so good and fuzzy and warm and comfortable when they come to our church. I tell you what, I want all sinners that come here to feel welcomed and loved, but my God, I want them to not feel comfortable until they come to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and repent and get free of that sin or any other sin. Amen? And I'm here today to tell you that you, when you come to this church, I want you to feel, I'm talking to you Christians, I want you to feel welcome as you come in that door. But if there's something not right in your life, I want the Holy Ghost to get a hold of me in this pulpit and work on me. And I don't want you to feel comfortable in this church. If there's something in your life that shouldn't ought to be there, I want you to feel welcome, but I don't want you to feel comfortable until you, 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 until you get that thing right in your life. Can you say amen? And then finally, his name. We're talking about taking his name in vain in the context of taking someone's name in marriage. I've never said this to you before. But you know what? When we got born again, we took Jesus' name. We became known as Christians. So we ought to live like it. And I believe when we don't live like a Christian, and when we, when, we, uh, say, when we gossip and backbite, and when we hang around with people that do, and, and all of that, I'm here today to tell you that we're just taking his name in vain. Did you hear what I just said? I'll say that again in case you missed it. When we become a Christian, we took his name. We became known as Christians. And when we've taken his name, we need to live in line with his name. We need, we need to, 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 to live according to the dictates of the word of God. And when we do not live in line with the word of God, and when people look at us and they can't tell whether we're a Christian or, or not, then what that shows is we have taken his name in vain. Nobody's perfect, and I stand at the head of that list. I'm not perfect. You watch me long enough, you'll see things that are wrong in my life. But I'm here today to tell you that while I'm not perfect, I'm endeavoring to try to walk right before the Lord. And none of you are perfect. None of us are perfect. I tell people all the time that, that this church is not perfect because I attend it. 
But there's one thing between blundering and messing up and practicing sin. There's one thing to pick up a book and start reading along and you see a GD in it and you throw it out of your hands. That's one thing. But to know there's GDs in it before you even pick it up and start reading and you read it and just enjoy it, there's something wrong there, dear friends. Do you get what I'm talking about? Let's conclude by talking about the Sabbath day. I've got a few more minutes here. Look at Exodus 20, verse 8. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is not at all how I intended to preach this. But this is the way the Holy Ghost has it coming out. Remember the Sabbath day, 20 verse 8, Exodus 20 verse To keep it what? To keep it what? Holy. Six days you'll labor and do your work, but the seventh day, Sabbath to the Lord your God, in it you will do no work. You nor your son, nor daughter, nor your male servant, female servant, your cattle, your stranger who's in the gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And we live in a time in this nation, these last 25, 30 years, give or take, because I've watched it right before my very eyes. We live in a time and in an hour in this nation where this commandment has all but been forgotten. It used to be on Sundays. I realized the Jewish Sabbath was on Saturdays. But I believe we can make good argument that the Christian Sabbath is on Sunday. I'm not going to stand here and argue that point. But I tell you what, uh, he, said, he, said, he said that there ought to be a day that's a Sabbath. Amen? And I'm not going to get into all the technical details, but I believe to the Christians it's Sunday. And I know when I was growing up as a kid, I've said it before, I'll say it again. As I was growing up as a kid, on Sunday morning, everything, when you went out, everything was better than a doornail. The, the businesses were shut down. Why were they shut down? They were shut down in honor of, of the Lord's Day, you see. You couldn't go to a quick trip. You couldn't go to a, to a Walmart. You couldn't go to some of these places because they were shut down. Why were they shut down? They were shut down in honor of the Lord's day, but I'm here today to tell you, and I think you know, that now, Saturday and Sunday, you can't tell the difference between the two. There needs to be one day that's set apart according to the word of the Lord, that's holy unto God, a day in which we rest. And you know, I studied the ministry of Jesus and I found out that the religious people gave Jesus all kinds of trouble over this Sabbath day issue. I could go to story after story, but let's just read one here and then after this I'll close the message. But go to Luke 13 and 10. Go to Luke 13 and 10. Go to Luke 13 and 10. Hallelujah. Luke 13 and 10. As he was teaching one of the synagogues on, on what? On what? On, on what? On the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, was bent over and couldn't in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And, and, and he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on when? On the Sabbath. And he said, 
said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work, and, and therefore come and be healed on them, not on the Sabbath day. Isn't that just like somebody that's bound up by a spirit of religiosity? There are six days on which men ought to work, therefore come and be healed on them. Well, how many of you know that woman couldn't get healed under that guy's ministry on any of the other six? And he'd been there, well, she'd been there, but she had to think 18 years, he had his crap, he couldn't get her people on any of the other things. That's what religiosity does, it, it tries to take the power of God away from you. It tries to take the flow of the Spirit of God away from you. It tries to take the goodness of God away from you and gender bunch of rules and regulations. There are rules, there are regulations, but the rules and regulations of God are not bound yet to the loose. And they misunderstood the stuff, they misunderstood what it was all about. I know in one case, we're talking about this woman who was but was still a guy that was crippled for 38 years by the problem. And when the religious people saw the man who had been crippled for 38 years, they did not rejoice that he was healed and that he was able to walk, but they said, It's not lawful for you to carry your bed on the Sabbath. Isn't it sad? Isn't it sad? And, and then Jesus, after that, healed the blind man. Remember when he made the, the dirt, you know, on the ground and he made the dirt and put it on the guy's eyes and had him go wash in the pool and the guy came clean and the religious people got upset about that because Jesus did it that day and the man that Jesus tried to destroy Jesus because he did it on the Sabbath day and eventually the guy that got his eyes high that got kicked out of the synagogue. Well, they can just kick me right on out. I don't want to flow with the power of God. How about you? But it says in verse 14, there are six days in which men are work, therefore come be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. But look at verse 15. The Lord answered and said, him, hypocrite. Why well, don't him call me a hypocrite? Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to 